Let's bow for a word of prayer once more. Heavenly Father, Lord, we truly want to bless your name today. Uh, and Lord, we thank you that uh, you are our God. And as we sung that sometimes you give and sometimes you take away, uh, that we always need to see that in light of the fact that you are always good and that you only do that which is good uh, and holy and right and just. And so uh, if that means uh, giving us what we need to overcome uh, at a moment, uh, you can give us that uh, through your Holy Spirit that, re- that lives within us. Uh, or if, Lord, you see uh, because of things that we are living for or doing that you need to take something away. Uh, Lord, that is still good and for our good. And so, Lord, we thank you that uh, we can uh, speak to these truths today. And as we consider the fact uh, that we should continue to bless you uh, because of all that you have done uh, for us through your son, Jesus Christ, uh, and uh, through the Holy Spirit. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and open up to Ephesians chapter 1 if you're not there already. Pastor Caden has already uh, read our text today, and we will be finishing verse 3. <laughs> you may hear me or not hear me. I don't know if that may be the difference. Uh, but let me begin by asking um, some questions, uh, you know, or asking a question that will pose a couple of questions. Uh, And that is, what are some of life's biggest questions? You know, if you were to talk to someone and and seek them out and want to know, well, what is the the few things or the one thing that you are, you know, grappling over, thinking about, uh, trying to unpack, trying to gain perspective on? Uh, And probably at the very top of that list is going to be, who am I? Uh, Trying to figure out their identity uh, or asking the question, why am I here? Uh, which gives, uh, you know, uh, the question that leads up to the third, which is, what is my purpose? Uh, and the thing is, is if we can't gain some type of identity or some type of what we, we consider rationale for living, uh, then uh, that's what, ha- what happens is, is people end up, you know, having doubt, having uh, fear, end up having uh, depression, uh, because they're seeking to try and figure out who they are, why they're here, and what their purpose is, uh, and end up trying to see that through a lens that's not going to give them the answers to those questions. Because if we look solely at this world in which we live, you're not going to know who you are, why you're here, or what your purpose is. Uh, and there is an acknowledgement that all of us to some sort of uh, length or depth, want to know what our worth is. You know, we, we need meaning and purpose. Uh, and what happens is that much of mankind looks into things that are only fleeting and futile. Uh, we know that from Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 14. And we know uh, that uh, book was written by Solomon, who asked God to give him wisdom to be able to lead God's people in a manner that glorified God. And he says, I have seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and a striving after wind. And so if we look through the lens of this world, if we look through the lens of uh, what we do each and every day, devoid of who God is, then this is our uh, summation. This is what our conclusion is going to be, 
that everything done under the sun is vanity and a striving after the wind. And see, there's a reason for that. Because we were not, you know, uh, an accident. We did not just come into existence. We won't just fade out of existence. Uh, We were created by the God of all. And the reason that we uh, want to know the answers to these questions uh, is because uh, we were created for a purpose. And if we do not look towards God, if we do not go to him to truly see and know who we are and why we're here and what our purpose is, then we're going to find it empty and just a waste of time. And many people on our planet today live that reality each and every day. And that's why they will oftentimes, you know, minimize human life. That's why they will, uh, you know, not worry about who they're going to step on, uh, that they are on the razor edge of life or death decisions because uh, they figure that, well, I might as well go ahead and live life to its fullest because there's really not anything else to live for. And the thing is, when we take a look at this through God's eyes, when we take a look at it through the lens of the Word of God, we'll find out very quickly that we are eternal spiritual beings. And that's why we have to go to the God who created us in order to gain the answers to those questions. So that he can fill our minds and our hearts and our souls with the very thing that we as eternal spiritual beings crave. And that's the answers to those questions. To know what our purpose is. And our text today um, brings forth a beautiful uh, reality when we think about who God is and who we are. See, when we are born again as part of God's family, we are blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. See, all of a sudden we understand and we see who we are, why we're here, and what our purpose is. Because we see it as God designed it, as God intends it to be. uh, And we can only find those answers through him. So let's take a look here as we we finish out verse 3 this morning uh, in relation to the Father uh, has blessed us in Christ. Remember last week we took and considered the fact that God is the one who is alone to be blessed. He is worthy because he is the creator. Uh, He is the one who is eternal. He is the one who is holy, right, and just. And we need to uh, think about all those things which are good about God. And I hope from this past week you did take time to think about things that are good or great about God. If you didn't, I will give you a little bit of grace today and challenge you once again As I would challenge you each and every day is to take a look at God and see what is good about him, what is great about him, to offer him up that high praise that we talked about, to give him a living eulogy for the God who is living, to recognize and appreciate his greatness and his goodness, to remember such things as he is holy, eternal, infinite, self-existent, transcendent, almighty, all-knowing, all-wise, everywhere present, sovereign, preeminent, good, faithful, loving, merciful, just, gracious, kind, majestic, one and only God. We need to do that. Because he is the one that gives us the ability to see who we are 
why we're here, and what our purpose is. And we see that reality as we take a look at the God who wants to be known, as he's revealed to us all those attributes in the written word of God, which we have and we can read and we can study. And it's fitting and proper and correct for us as God's people to do that, to remember his goodness and his greatness. Well, see, the verse doesn't just stop with, you know, showing us that God is the one who alone is to be blessed. Because it goes on to show us that God is also the one doing the blessing. So stop for a moment and think about that. The God who is all those things I mentioned and many more that I didn't. The God who is to be blessed is the one who blesses us. And when you stop and think about that, when you think about the depth of that reality, it really truly makes grace that much more beautiful. It makes mercy that much more beautiful. You know, and we sung about that this morning. How beautiful is God in your heart? How beautiful is God in your eyes? Do you see him for who he is? Do you see him as the one who gives every good and perfect gift from above? Or do you only see him as someone you come to when you are in need or need help or, you know, are at your last, you know, iota of uh, anything that maybe people have told you to do or you've decided to do and you guess, well, I'll give God a try. Well, see, the thing is, is that that doesn't really mean that you know God. Because all of life, once you've you know, been born again, is the purpose of getting to know, not just believe, but getting to know the God who made you. To think that he is beautiful. To know that blessed be God. Blessed be his holy name, as we just sung. See, God alone is good, and everything that he does is good. So he doesn't just keep that goodness to himself because God is good all the time and all the time God is good. But he also is the one who gives everything in goodness. So there's not a separation. There's not a you know disconnect in relation to how God treats us as the God who is good. So out of that goodness, what he is, he blesses us. Which, when you do stop and think about that, that the creator God, who is almighty, all-knowing, that is holy, holy other, gives us good gifts, is truly a blessing. You know, we've uh, thought of uh, Psalm 34, 8 and 9, where it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him have no lack. And that fear, fear is, is a respect. It's a reverence and an awe. It's remembering God's goodness and God's great, uh, greatness each and every day. And I like what, what uh, Spurgeon said in relation to this. Uh, and it's kind of a, yeah, a proverbial kick in the pants. Um, or maybe, a, a, you know... Uh, you know, the, the adrenaline rush if you found yourself in the wilderness being chased by a bear. Um, probably haven't, but you can imagine what that would be like. 
He says, we are not sitting here and groaning and crying and fretting and worrying and questioning our own salvation. He has blessed us, and therefore we will bless him. If you think little of what God has done for you, you will do very little for him. But if you have a great notion of his great mercy to you, you will be greatly grateful to your gracious God. And I think that is right on, spot on, in relation to helping us see the importance of seeing and blessing the God who is good, who is great, and is all those things we we have mentioned last week and today already. But see, this is the God who is doing the blessing. Nothing changes that. Circumstances don't. Time does not. Because our God is eternal. He is above all those things. No one sways God to do anything less than who he is. So God is good, and therefore he does that which is good and blesses those who belong to him in a very special way. Something else to consider is the fact that believers, which we remember from verses uh, uh, 1 and 2 is our introduction, um, actually um, verse 1 in particular, uh, that believers are the saints who are faithful in Christ. Okay, So if you are a believer today, if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then this is who you are. Uh, and, and, and it includes us today. We are, are the recipients of God's blessing. And the thing is, is that if we're not focusing on the God who is, if we're not taking time to, you know, contemplate and meditate on his attributes, then oftentimes we will miss the blessings. And the thing is, we're very, very good. Matter of fact, we, we've got it down pat when it comes to seeing all of the things that are not blessings in our lives. And the thing is, is that we need to spend more time as those who have experience God's mercy and God's grace, as Spurgeon said, and actually blessing God. And once you begin to do that, once you begin to see God in that light, it's amazing the amount of blessings that you'll see that God does give to you each and every day. In Galatians chapter 3, uh, verses 7 to 9 uh, as well as 26 to 29. Let me, let me read this to you because Paul, as he's writing here, he goes all the way back to Abraham uh, for the purpose of showing uh, those who are believers in Christ that they are recipients, that they are actually heirs of God's blessing. He says in verse 7, Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed among, with Abraham, the man of faith. So he goes all the way back to Abraham and to the, the prominence and the covenant that God made with Abraham for the, the, his readers to understand that they are actually heirs and that those of faith receive the blessings that come through our father Abraham, going all the way back to that, that covenant in the Old Testament. But he goes on a few verses later in 26 to 29 to switch it to 
the, the New Testament time. He says, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. And if you are Christ's, so in other words, if you belong to Jesus Christ through faith in him and him alone, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. So even going back to the Old Testament and even seeing what Christ does for us, what I want you to realize today, if you don't take anything home other than this statement, this is what you need to hear, that in Christ you are spiritually rich. Now that doesn't mean that you're going to have all the, the, the things that this world holds to because you are an heir according to the promise, but you will have everything you need and the God who is good is going to give you every good gift for your benefit, whether that means he gives or he takes away. Well, the verse doesn't finish there. As he you know, proclaims the fact that we are spiritually rich because we are the recipients of the God who is to be blessed, but is also the one doing the blessing, that in uh, the finishing part of verse 3, it answers the question, what kind of blessings has the Father given and where are those blessings located? Well, take a look at that phrase, every spiritual blessing. The word translated spiritual in Greek is defined as of things spiritual, which that would be the Webster's uh, definition. But it goes on to say communicated or imparted by the Holy Spirit pertaining to the Spirit. So the interesting thing here is, and I don't know if you notice this in verse 3, but you have the entire Trinity a part of this salvation work. And this, you know, if you want to call it this introductory or this prelude to the remaining verses all the way up to verse 14, are giving a proclamation that the Father in the Son and through the Holy Spirit are the ones that give us those good gifts, those good blessings, because we belong to him. See, the, the Spirit is the source of every spiritual blessing. So if you look at verse 3, it says, Blessed be God the Father, there's the Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ, okay, there's the Son, with every spiritual blessing, okay, there's the Spirit. Because like I said, that, that um, word there in Greek actually pertains to the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit. So the Trinity is involved in showing you just how good our God is. And we know from Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17, that the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. God doesn't want you to doubt. He doesn't want you to not know that you are a child of God. He has given you the Spirit to, to live within you for the purpose of you understanding and seeing, as it goes on in verse 17 to say, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. What a beautiful thing to consider that someone who was once an enemy of God, who would rather swear at God, would rather suppress the truth and unrighteousness could experience forgiveness and reconciliation 
to become a son or daughter of the very God that I once hated. That's God's goodness. That's God's mercy. That's God's grace working out. So much so that you have a new heart. You have a new desire. You have a new family. And the thing is, is we, we need to realize is that being part of the family, God is bigger than this building. It's bigger than coming to church on Sunday. Because it entails everything pertaining to uh, what we have in Christ and through the Spirit, all coming from God the Father. All those spiritual blessings. You know, Second um, Peter kind of speaks a little bit to this because part of what you need to understand as the, someone who has trusted Christ is that um, in relation to these spiritual blessings, there's nothing missing. There's nothing that needs to be added. That's because it's complete. And it comes from the God who knows all. The God who is eternal and is above all these things and knows exactly what we need. And he's given us what we needed in relation to salvation and no longer being an enemy of God, but being a son or daughter, a joint heir. He's given us a new heart, a new desire, and it gives us a family of believers to be able to fellowship with. And we can't underestimate the power of what that blessing is. Now, I know that not everyone gets along with everyone in church. Because family has issues. But don't allow those issues to rob you of seeing the blessings that you have in Christ. But Second Peter 1, says, speaking in relation to salvation, says, Those who have attained a faith of equal standing by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that's the first thing that we see coming out in these spiritual blessings. And the second uh, in that same chapter, is that is in relation to everything pertaining to life and godliness. So there's not an aspect of your existence that God did not consider or to take into, uh, uh, you know, knowing exactly what you need to do on any given day or in any given situation or in any set of circumstances. God has you. He's got you. The problem is is oftentimes what we do is we allow other things to cloud our judgment in seeing God for who he is. Or we allow all of the, the peripheral things or what will happen if, those wonderful what-if statements, that will rob us of experiencing those spiritual blessings. But where are those spiritual blessings? Actually, it was one slide behind. Sorry. All right. No, that was right. Didn't look right. They're in heavenly places. Uh, this phrase actually can be translated or defined as things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So all these spiritual blessings, all these things that we have because of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all have uh, at the core a, a, a particular place where they come from in the heavenly places, in things pertaining to the kingdom of God, which is separate from the kingdom of this earth. That's why they are such polar opposites, why we see the you know, imagery like light and darkness. 
you know, that we've been, you know, freed from the kingdom, uh, you know, of this world and, and been given the ability to be part of the kingdom of God. And see, what you need to understand as a, a believer in Jesus Christ is that your existence here on this earth in relation to those questions, who am I, why am I here, and what is my purpose, all have a reality, all have an answer. And that answer is, is that your existence is no longer confined to this world. You are not bound to it. Because you have been given spiritual life. You have been given something that goes beyond what we can see with our naked eye. To the very kingdom of God itself. See, our existence is now in Christ. Now, we still live in the world, we're just not of it. But see, our existence has been, to some extent, redefined from that which the world holds to, but now we can see clearly. We can take a look at the Word of God and know who God is and know how that impacts our lives. So let me close by giving you four evidences of the fact that this existence in Christ that's secured in his heavenly kingdom is a reality. The first comes out of 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Do you see the difference? What you used to love, what you used to live for, no longer should have a bearing on who you are in Christ because it says the new has come. You are a new creation. The old has passed away because what that used to do in trying to speak to your existence, you can see with your spiritual eyes that it has nothing to do with who you are or why you're here or what your purpose is because God has told you, he has shown you, in all those spiritual blessings that he gives. Second is that we are no longer slaves to sin. Romans 6, 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. So that, so in other words, there's a, 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 uh, a, a I can't even say the word now, result, if I can get the words out. So that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Because God knows it's not for our good. He knows that sin is rebellion against him. He knows that all sin does is for a, a fleeting moment blind us to the reality of what it really is. For us to not be able to see that that old self is now crucified with him. So that we might see the new that has come. Third, we are friends of Jesus. John 15, 15 says, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. See, we have become no longer God's enemy, but God's friend. Not because of something that we have done, not because all of a sudden the, the, you know, the light in our existence went on. But because of God actually showing us, the eternal God showing us that we are eternal spiritual beings. 
And this is why we were created. And last, nothing can separate us from the love of God. It comes out of Romans chapter 8, uh, a passage you probably have well memorized, but this is a, uh, an evidence of the fact that you are no longer part of the kingdom of this world, but of God's kingdom. That's what you're defined uh, as, and you're no longer confined by this world. It says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, that's what you have. That's what you have the ability to to dwell in, to, to you know, take and personalize. To not allow the circumstances of life, which I know are hard. But see, when we focus on just the circumstances, we miss out on all the spiritual blessings God wants to show to us. And blessings he's already giving to us. Not because we deserve them, because he is the God who is good. And he's only going to do that which is good for you. That's why we are to bless God, to bless his holy name. And if you'll permit me, I'd like to close, and this is just a partial lyrics of a song. I don't know if you'll be able to read them or not. But listen to them. It's a song by Chris Tomlin. Praise the Father, praise the Son. It says, O sovereign God, O matchless King, the saints adore Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one. Clothed in power and in grace, the name above all other names. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever. So ask yourself the question, because you have one of two realities or options or courses of action, however you want to look at it. You can sit here groaning, crying, fretting, worrying, questioning your salvation and your existence. Or realize that he has blessed you and therefore you will bless him. Or you can think little of what God has done for you. And guess what? The direct result is you will do little for God. But if you have a great notion of his great mercy to you, you will be greatly grateful to your gracious God. And sing those words. Praise the Father. Praise the Son. Praise the Spirit. Three in one. Let's bow for a closing word of prayer. Gracious Father, we do thank you for Your kindness, your goodness, your mercy, your grace. Thank you for opening our eyes to see the eternal spiritual blessings that we have in your son, Jesus Christ. That the spirit lets us know that we are your children. That we are joint heirs in your kingdom. A kingdom that is good and right and holy and just because you are the one 
whose kingdom it is. Thank you for loving us in your son Jesus Christ that way. And I pray for each one here today. Whether they're not a believer in Jesus Christ today, they may see their need of a Savior this morning. That they would not walk out of this place without kneeling at the foot of the cross, repenting of their sins and trusting the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Not so that they can say, well, now I can get all the uh, spiritual blessings in Christ. Because that is the gift that is given when we truly repent and our hearts are broken and we turn away from the things that used to enslave us. And we can only do that by your power and your spirit that is within us. And I pray for each believer here today that they would go into this afternoon as well as into this week that no matter what may come, no matter what is already there, that they would stop and bless you knowing full well that you are blessing them in ways that oftentimes they cannot see because of what is there and what may or may not happen. Keep us from being captive to those things and free us to be able to bless you from our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. In Jesus' name.